genre. Hey, what's that, April? Some kind of weird Japanese antique egg timer. Cappuccino? That makes me hyper. It seems the scepter has magic powers. Hold on, dudes. If April's back in feudal Japan, does that mean we, like, have to ride that scepter back through time to get her? It's equal mass displacement. Step back, dudes. I just brought us some heavy artillery. Hey, Casey. <laughs> Welcome back. T-minus two minutes and counting. Let's go, my dude. Okay, the inscription says open wide the gates of time. Work. All right, already. Let's go. Go with Cap. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute. It is the three times a week podcast where we are talking about the third installment of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live action film franchise. It's the one about time travel. I don't know where we are, what's happening. I don't know what minute this is. I think we're on minutes 73, 74, and 75 today. You're right. From what I can tell. That's Chris O'Connor. Hi, Chris. How you doing? I'm the timekeeper. I always know where we are. I'm also here with Rachel Gatlin. Hi. Hi, Rachel. How Hi. are you? I'm fine. I don't know what's going uh, on, but I'm fine. Yeah. Last time we did this, you weren't here, but you were here, but you weren't here. No. And finally... <laughs> Also here this time, but wasn't last time, but actually was last time, but the time before, is Adam Sheehan. Hi, Adam. Hello. Right as we started recording, I knocked a bunch of stuff off my desk and switched the monitor that I was currently looking at. So we almost didn't have us on this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we almost went go. away. We're good. Again. We're fine. We've got it. So cool. <laughs> joining us for uh, this week of shows is a friend of the show, a regular. He's been on every season making his third appearance. You could call it a Grand Slam. Uh, I, I guess, except there's no home base. I guess you would need four bases for it to be a grand slam, I guess. A hat trick? I don't know. Just don't call it a comeback. It's a hat trick. Is that a Jose Canseco bet? Tell me. You didn't pay money for this. Aw. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Eric Dean. Hi, Eric. Hi, guys. I'm thrilled to be here again. Yes, we're thrilled to have you back. It's always a pleasure to have Eric. We always get really interesting conversations. When Eric is on... Um, yeah, so just to, to catch our listeners up, uh, it's a time travel movie, right, Adam? It is. Things things happen in weird ways, sometimes out of sequence. <laughs> yeah. So Adam, Rachel, Chris, uh, and obviously Eric were not here last week when we were, uh, it was, I think it was just me and the hosts of Black Girls Do Stuff Too, which is a lot of fun. Um, but that wasn't the last episode we recorded. Nope. The last no. episode we recorded, you actually haven't even heard yet. And you won't for a long time. <laughs> The, and they the were episode, not that long. A couple of weeks. Yeah, it'll be a while. They were like the last episodes, more or less. Yeah. It's like among the last episodes. Yeah. Um, but you were there before we recorded that Wait, one. Wait, you're giving it away. This is a challenge. Oh, it was well, a no, challenge. No, no. That's I, right. I, 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 I wanted to propose a challenge. So this is a, t this is a okay. time travel movie. We're doing it time travel style. We're recording this completely out of order. So you're going to hear jokes that call back to jokes that you haven't heard yet. Occasionally, we wow. can't help it. It's going to happen. We may we may repeat ourselves a lot. Yeah, because we're not sure yeah. where we are in the timeline. So I, I I propose a challenge to you, the listener, to find the correct recording order based on <laughs> listening to I this mean, show. I mean, we should have we should have done that 
way way at the beginning because now we're sort of at the end but hey go back and listen yeah, and, and then if you've gotten this far go go listen to us a second time listen yeah. again and then put and it a second time adam a second time <laughs> anyway yeah and then you know oh, put, him in, put him in the no, right not again <laughs> if you successfully do this you will win a shiny new Internet high five. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. Those, that's a non-fungible high five, too. <laughs> a crypto Fung- high five. Fungible or fungible? I don't know, man. It's fungible. made up internet words. It's I don't think fungible. there is a right or Some wrong. Some coin or oh, something. Oh, yeah. I say doge. I like doge coin. Yeah. Why are G's in the internet such a complicated issue? GIF, GIF, fungible, fungible, graphic giraffe. Uh, you know, just... Mm. I just find it funny that all the hard words are the ones that have G's in them. All the good ones end in O. Uh, I mean, uh. like, X's and Q's are pretty... I mean, uh, it, uh, yeah, X's and Q's are pretty tricky. Let's not talk about Q's right now, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you see the new Picard trailer? Q's back. Don't like that. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're here to talk Ninja Turtles with Eric. Hi, Eric. Good hey, guys. We forgot about you there for a minute. No, I'm good. I was listening. <laughs> um, Eric, you've you've previous, previously given us your history with the other two Turtles films. What do you yeah. remember about Turtles 3? I remember seeing Turtles 3 in the theater and being pretty disappointed. Um <laughs> As an adult, I think looking back on it, I can appreciate it a bit more. Um, Understanding, you know, the way that budgets go as a film continues through its sequels. Uh, But as a kid, I felt let down. I felt like I was being given a facade of a Ninja Turtles movie that was actually sort of like an overlay on an unused Pirates of the Caribbean set or something. Mm. (laughs) You're like the third person to bring up the whole, like, I feel like it's actually another movie. Yeah, it feels like it got invaded by another movie. I yeah. like that. That's that's more. Or fun, it invaded actually. another movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I see. I remember seeing this one in theaters too. I don't remember my reaction to it. It was probably not great. Um, but we're here now, grown ups, thirty some odd years old, watching this thing <laughs> three minutes at a time. So we might as well get so into mature. it. Minute seventy three starts with uh, some really intense uh, uh, new line <laughs> cinema. Martial arts drama. melodrama, staring mm-hmm. him down, uh, the mellowest of drama. Yeah. And minute seventy-five ends with our beloved Daimyo uh, abandoning ship, essentially, or attempting to. So let's uh, let's let's work our way through this, shall we? We start off the minute uh, Daimyo and uh, uh, oh goodness, what's Mitsu? her name? Mitsu. Mitsu. Our are having uh, some sort of stare down confrontation, pre-fight mm. confrontation. Yeah, Chris, got, tell us about. She it. has like a, a little dagger off the table, and and he's like, "Oh, you've you've ruined everything, and I'm gonna kill you." And she's like, "No, you're wrong." She got was wrong. Um, I was like, "We'll both die, but only one of us with honor." And the turtles, meanwhile, are sitting there, kind of like, you know, mugging back and forth, like, huh. Huh? And like every they, they're time doing the moves, old uh, like, like Wimbledon like ping pong eyes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's <laughs> literal ping pong eyes. Now correct me if I'm wrong, but that that dagger which does come up because Mitsu carries this dagger around after she picks it up off the table. This is Walker's dagger, right? It's a very European style dagger. I'm not sure. I think Walker sure. may have left that dagger on the table, which I love because it does come up continually throughout the movie. After this, yeah. oh, I don't remember Continuity. that. I might have missed mm. that. Yeah, ah. at, at 
at no point does she trade up for a longer ranged weapon. But I guess no, she doesn't need it. <laughs> she's she really, does pretty well. She's really good. <laughs> but these all these idiots with swords. Speaking of continuity, <laughs> that line that she says, the uh, we'll both die, but only one of us with honor, is pretty much exactly what Splinter said to Shredder when he threw mm. him over the uh, the edge of the building in the first movie. <laughs> what was nice. what was that line? Do you it remember was what that line like, was? Like we we all die, but when you will die be without honor. honor, it will be without honor. It's basically right. the same sentiment. Mm. That is ba- that's really funny, and yet they somehow still decided to not tie in Hamato Yoshi to this family lineage. Yeah, like big could giant, you, just whiff swing, not even a swing and a think, miss. Is it possible that that connection was planned and they just cut no. it out of the final film? No, <sighs> you're you're giving this movie a lot of credit. No, yeah. seems like Sorry, a very missed opportunity. <laughs> we need to track down the screenwriter whose name I don't even think we've mentioned yet on this show. Uh, I don't. I don't know if we have. Did we? I don't. I don't have it off offhand. Does uh, anyone I'll find have it, it offhand? Keep talking. Anyway, I would like to find this person and and we need to talk. We need to get him on the show. I guess is what I'm trying to say. We okay, then we should person. stop talking about it right now before we make that. <laughs> uh, so the director, the, the director wrote it. It was written and directed by Stuart Gillard. Oh, okay. Then that explains an awful lot so, more. So, Stuart, if you're listening, please Jesus. Stuart. Stuart. <laughs> oh, Stuart. Well, no, I, it's it's not like we're gonna we're gonna like tie him to no, a chair and no. make him answer for his crimes. I just have curiosities about yeah, this movie. Lots of questions. It could have been licensing issues. It could have been a studio. Yeah, there are questions yeah. to be asked. Yeah. I mean, we talked to we talked to Kim Dawson. Uh, a little bit about this one and he was you know gave us a little bit of information about how the money got tighter and and the, the they went with a different and, effects crew and they didn't and have any time there's horses mm. yeah yeah um i also just i'm i'm really curious as to like this just seems like they just needed a guy to do this. Like they just like we need someone who knows how to work a camera and use a pen. Find me somebody. <laughs> and had to have like no. I don't know if he loved Ninja Turtles. I don't know if he knew the source material or what. Because it certainly doesn't seem like we've said a hundred million times. Mm. It doesn't seem like a Ninja Turtles film. Yeah, it no. seems like a it seems like a film that they just happen to be in. And I'm yeah. not part of your crew, so I can say that it smells like a cash grab. Well, yeah. it's it's that kind of utilitarian filmmaking where you just you get it. It's like, okay, we got it, move on. And right. not really like taking a whole lot of time to craft a shot. Correct. There isn't a whole right. lot of that in this movie. It's just it's like, very flat. I think we've mentioned that before too. Visually flat, right? Yeah. 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 It does kind of look like uh made for TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It looks a lot like uh what is the um what is the the live action show where they meet turtles like where they where they meet up with the power rangers and oh, they have uh, next oh, mutation yeah the next mutation is yeah. that i wonder if that was the same effects house that that did the turtle suits for that i don't i don't think so because i probably, think um probably saban not. did the 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 next mutation i think that was the same people that right. did power rangers i think right. it was the same crew yeah those suits are really different they're really yeah. ugly um the ugliest yeah. Let's let's jump back into the scene here. So uh, okay. uh, the the turtles are picking back and forth. Yep. There's a dramatic drawing of yeah. the sword. Oh, so yeah, she she's like got her little seven or eight inch knife, and uh, he has his katana, and they're gonna go at it. And uh, I mean, like you know, he's, he's getting close enough. Whatever. Like nobody using a sword in this movie has any understanding of range. <laughs> and like no how, one dies, Chris. No one dies. No one dies. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. This so is like, 
that's the perfect kind of fighting, right? Like yeah. no one, no one dies, no one really gets hurt. <laughs> no, yeah, no, nobody, nobody has to, nobody has to freak out and be like, "Don't tell mom, don't tell yeah. mom, it's fine." More I know there's a sword in your eye, but don't tell mom. <laughs> there's no permanent effect on the timeline. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, that effect, is, that right? would be an ugly thing to have to try <laughs> yeah. to write around. Can like, you imagine, like all these guys who sired offspring <laughs> would just die in this battle, and there's like generations of people just wiped <laughs> just out because of this but one not. fight? There would have to be a musical <laughs> montage of like prime ministers and doctors disappearing, <laughs> <laughs> evaporating oh into oh the ether. And the, and the all reason... they are is dust in the wind. And, and then cut back to to Splinter, who then mag- who like, puffs away. <laughs> Casey, I don't feel. Feel so good. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jones. Oh, no. Is this, is this just Endgame? This is just the <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> now, does oh, anyone Rachel. notice that when Mikey jumps in the way and blocks the sword, you hear the ka-ching yeah. of his nunchuck chain blocking the blade, yeah. but it's clearly a pair of rope nunchucks. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well. True. Yeah. I mean, the nunchuck, I, I, I freeze-framed it, so I'm going to talk yeah. to you about that. Yeah. Number one, on the freeze-frame, it appears uh, that the blade of the sword hits the wooden part of the nunchuck. Uh, it also appears that the sword is being held backwards. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah. It also <laughs> appears that if you watch this, the sword bends after it hits the the blade oh, or yeah. it hits the nunchuck. <laughs> you know, it's like, a stunt sword. A, is it plastic? a noticeable like wobble? Yeah, it's a stunt sword. Yeah, it's the same swords that Leonardo carries in Turtles too. Yeah, they're, they're wibbly um, wobbly, you know, uh, wibbly wobbly stunty sorties. The part about this that I that I hate the most is that so he gets the block, and then the di- you know the, the the swordsman the daimyo who was trying to kill a person is just like oh oh whoa oh I I should stop I should stop. This is this is we're stopping now. And he like he like backs away and he's like in shock. And Michelangelo instantly turns his back on these people who were taking lethal action. And it's just infuriating. Well, Chris, there are rules Absolutely that we have to we have to no, rules of engagement. One of the rules of engagement is once you're engaged, you stay engaged. <laughs> I feel like these are the kinds of guys who put their swords away just so they can dramatically redraw them. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, because there's more in that. Because you're, ne- you're not actually going to cut anyone with it. It's more of a showpiece to make a point. There's a couple good shots of the turtles that I'm, I'm sharing the screen <laughs> with you guys. One of them, and I'm going to do this in reverse order. Face. One it's of them is at face. 36 seconds. It's Michelangelo as he addresses the camera to like say to Mitsu, like, hey, are you okay? And I'm Jesus. just, this shot of Mikey at 36 seconds into minute 73 is... The cleanest, most plastic looking, like it looks like an action figure. Like, yeah, you can yeah. recreate it, the this shot is, with those NECA figures. It's everything that's no, wrong. No, the with NECA these figures are more grimy than this. Like the, the paint job on, on a NECA figure is more like softened off than this. That's this is true. like, yeah, that's true. This is like a Playmates figure right out of the blister pack. <laughs> And the other one is right. God, that is horrifying. This face. Leo's teeth just like disappear. I, I, yeah. There's so many shots in this movie where Leo's mouth is all the way open and you don't see his teeth, but you see his tongue and it's the worst. Ugh. The Leo puppet gets the, it's just, whoever made the Leo puppet should have been fired. He's, he's um, like extra just, B 
beaky, and I don't think I noticed it before. Like he's got a pointy beak. It's yeah, wh- it's like his top beak is too small. I mean, that's what you <laughs> get for half the money, right? Small. They they like literally took half the money that Henson Company wanted, right? Yeah. 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 I would like say that, that yeah. the Donatello head looks better in this one than it did in Turtles 2. He doesn't mm-hmm. have that weird like eyes too close together thing happening. Oh but yeah. But the Leo one looks way worse. Um let's get back into content. Dude hits Mikey in the shell and we get what we will learn was, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll learn in a future episode that this is one of Robbie Rist's favorite lines, um, where he says, he who dings the shell must pay. And it made such a hollow plastic Bong. like baseball bat kind of sound. Plink. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. better than like a spring or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I mean, is his shell hollow? I mean, isn't I it so. filled with turtle? Kind of. <laughs> I mean, it's filled with turtle, but like... And nature does abhor a vacuum, but if you open up a turtle <laughs> shell, like how much is like just filled with turtle meat, and how much is empty space? Well, because I actually spine, don't know that their spine is kind of fused to the shell, so yeah. it's like their whole yeah. cavity would be like. But but at the same time, like when the turtle like pulls its arms and legs and head in and out of like like there's space there like mm. around those opening around like the things that that they can pull back into the shell. I think so it's there more is space. I think it's more that the bones in their arms go inside. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's like God, pulling I a sock inside a out. <laughs> um, like a I also just want to point out that you, you get what I'm trying puppet. to say. You get what oh, I'm talking about. I get what you're around, trying to right? say. <laughs> I want to point out that the Daimyo puppet also makes terrible faces. <laughs> 46 seconds into this minute, as Mikey realizes, like, he's about to attack. Mikey's like, oh, it's on now. And the Daimyo's like, oh, shit. And just makes the best, like, contorted, I'm scared face as he draws his sword and immediately backs away and runs like a coward. With the sword um, over his head like an idiot. I love this guy. Because he's, he's going to kill oh. someone who gets in his way from running away. Yeah, the, the sword <laughs> over the head is like a really common uh, like stance in, in Japanese swordsmanship. That That is like really standard. Like you, you often will fight. Like if you watch kendo ter- tournaments or uh, kenjutsu tournaments, like a, a common stance is it looks a little funny, but they'll have the sword like high up over their head. Hmm. And that's that's part of the fight. I always did that, that like in Skyward where momentum Sword. Comes I would from, have Luke run around in a, in a default position holding the sword straight above his <laughs> yeah, head. Because if, if you held yeah. the Wiimote up, like Link's arm would <laughs> yes. be up. He's just yes. running around like, la, 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 la. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I used to love that. Anyway. Um, so then we get into the fight scene. And I think this is why Eric wanted to come on was, was the, here. the martial arts <laughs> in here. So uh, we have, it's a solid, you know, the next whole minute, minute 74 is basically all fight scene. And then it picks up again in 75. I'm going to make one observation, then I'm going to get out of the way. Um, <laughs> the quality of martial arts by this point in the franchise has diminished mm. significantly in my opinion. And mm-hmm. then I'll let you guys go martial arts experts. So well, I'll it's, give it to it's you. essentially non-existent. It's like, I was talking to Chris before we started recording about Ninja Turtles developing essentially their own system of martial arts. That is, they use their weapons non-lethally with a, you know, a very few exceptions. And primarily they're just trying to kick people in the face or get them off balance somehow and conveniently knock them out for as long as it takes to exit the scene. Like that is now the objective of their martial arts. So that's yeah. what it's become. So is yeah. that ninjutsu or is ninjutsu an actual thing? Ninjutsu is an actual thing, but it's not kind this of. at all. Well, I mean, it's, it's, 
it's an it's an actual thing, but it's like a modern invention to bilk money out of people. But yeah, we've, well, we've that called, too. We've <laughs> called back to it in the past. Like I think was it the first movie when when Shredder hadn't seen the turtles before, but then was talking to Tatsu and he was like, "You mentioned that they have a weird fighting style, and that reminds me of somebody." Mm. So this is just the the Oroku style of ninja fighting. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean, I did see uh, Shawn Michaels' sweet chin music in there at some point. That's like yes! the one decent move I saw Mikey throw. He just starts dropping guys with sweet chin music left and right. HBK all yeah. the way. Yeah, like, you know, just a sort of fundamental misunderstanding of the space and the weapons that they have available to them. Like, all of these guys draw their katanas, and they're all, like, fighting in what is basically a dining room. You know, they're 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 fighting around in a small room around the space. They carry two swords. They have a long sword and a short sword. A lot of these guys should be pulling their short swords. Yeah, they're in um, a silverware uh, drawer at this point. Yeah, right. they're, they're, they're basically stupid, super close. They need to be using their shorter swords. But even then... They need to be fight. They need to be controlling the distance. Like with Mitsu, she should be dead. Um, the the turtles like Raphael has his sai and he's and he's using him, but he never once uses it to trap a blade. He never uses it to break a blade. Um, like sai are perfect. They're they're oh, yes. they're great anti sword weapons. Like if you if you you have a sai in one hand and a sword, and a sword in your other hand, you have the sai to ca- uh, to block and catch, trap and br- and potentially break your opponent's weapon, but they never, Raphael never does it. It's well, there's a actually cool a thing scene. you can do, but he never There's does. actually a scene I wanted to point out to you, Chris, where Raphael slices his sigh across the belly of another fighter, and I, it doesn't fit, A, you can't do that with a sigh, but B, even the technique of slicing across, it doesn't belong in the turtle's fighting style. Yeah. And well, even if it did, you wouldn't use a sigh. Well, he he um he just he just hits him right like it's just a thwap. He doesn't. Is it a thwap? It it, it very much looks like he drags the sigh across the guy's stomach as the guy Ah. then falls. It looks like there is no choreography. (laughs) (laughs) So that that brings me. They get to do the kick, 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 kick. You know, there's lots of kick, 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 kick. The things (laughs) that that can be right, with the exception of the kicks, they have one taekwondo high you know high step dancer on the choreography (laughs) side. But it looks like somebody wrote things into the script, and when they showed up on set. No one realized that what was written in the script wouldn't work, but they tried to make it work anyway. Mm. Like so Michelangelo something. blocking the sword. As soon as they said, oh, wait, his swords have ropes in the middle. Maybe we should rewrite that or just have him pick up a stick. And then with Mitsu blocking the way she's holding that knife is the way you would hold a single edge knife. The way you would hold a Tanto or a Wakasashi, a Japanese knife that has one edge and then a broad backside that you can rest against your forearm. But she's holding a European dagger, which is double-edged. So she's got a sharp-edged blade resting against her forearm, you and can, then is blocking strikes with the other sharp-edged blade. You can, you can uh, as long as you do it properly, you can hold so that the flat of the blade is against your arm. And then you have a nice, wide blocking, uh, blocking piece. So like like some some European styles like you can you can rest your 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 dagger along here even if it's double edged as long as you have the flat against your side. So but I don't know if she knows to do that. But it doesn't matter because she has a 6 or 8 inch knife and is fighting people with swords and they <laughs> never win. It's amazing. So uh, this is the the thing that I was wondering I, to me, it just looks like the the fighting is sloppy in general. I don't know enough about yeah, the martial arts yeah. to get as in-depth as you guys. It just looks sloppy. So I was like, oh, it must be a different stunt coordinator. I know that Pat Johnson did the first two movies. Maybe he worked with the Henson Company. I don't know. Pat Johnson of Karate Kid, famous Hollywood stunt fight martial arts choreographer. Right? To the face. Right. 
he did this film. To which I go, so it's not his fault. So is it just the camera work around the fighting? Is the bit. camera are the shots like too some, wide? Some are, of the shots, no, they're they're like they're they're framed appropriately for like you know eighties nineties martial arts action. Um, and but it it's like just what they decided to do with the suits. Like some of the shots, like in the courtyard when they're fighting, like. You know, obviously, when you do stunt performance, stunt fighting, you're not actually hitting a person, but still, it should be shot in such a way that it looks like you hit them. But in mm. a couple of these things where they're doing like their double kicks and their, you know, their fan, you know, one, two, three, four, five, it very clearly like nobody's getting hit, and it's like you can you could see it, you can see yeah. like you know the the overactive re- reaction to something that never made contact, and it's just going. And mm, all right. as a pro wrestling fan, there's a certain amount of that I'm willing to. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm willing to endure, but it does get to a point in this mm. movie. Don't break kayfabe. Yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah. Right. I don't think they did enough takes, and there are confusing mm. bits where. Throughout that enti- the entirety of that fight scene, the turtles look lost. Everybody looks sort of confused, like they're not sure where they're supposed to be or who they're supposed to be attacking. The background is a mess, and then suddenly you cut to Donatello, and everyone around him's already been messed up, and then you see the best staff work in the entire fight. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's just, like, going to show off for no one. And it's one. a tight so clearly shot. He they can do it do in a it. tight shot, too. Like, why not pull back on that shot so we can see right. it better? Like, clearly he, has, <laughs> he can use the enough. staff in a way that looks great on film, but when he's actually interacting with the other guys, there just wasn't enough chemistry between them that would be stuntman Stephen ho by the way who has also uh worked in uh, mortal Kombat, pirates of the caribbean uh several other cool martial films he shows up on conan o'brien all the time he was the guy that like if you ever see the bits with conan o'brien in the bruce lee oh, outfit yeah. Yeah. Stephen ho is the stunt guy who really like, will come on and beat up conan o'brien that's great so he was he was one of donatello's that's fight great. doubles um I don't know any of these other guys. Shishir Inokala was Michelangelo's fight double. Larry Lamb was the fight double for uh, Leonardo. And Hosung Pak, which sounds vaguely familiar, was Raphael's fight double. Mm. Um, but I, I mean, I, I what does that mean? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, other than you know, Stephen I'm, Ho can use a bow. That's I'm, all I know. I'm certain. Well, the regardless of whether or not the person could use a bow, being able to do anything in those suits is. Mm. Uh, is a True. hell of a trick, so I'm not gonna. This I don't. Also, I don't hold it against those guys at all. It's, this it, is a it's long stretch of like stunt making the heads. making the fights look good is not just up to the stunt performer, and you know whatever stunt performer has to perform in a in a flipping mm. Muppet suit has is <laughs> it has a hard enough time as it is that the choreographer and like you know the shots that are being you know the direction needs to be there. Yeah, Chris is absolutely right. I mean, part of it is bad choreography, but also it's bad communication between the choreography and the stuntmen because they should be able to say, here's what I'm capable of doing in in this suit. Let's throw a few more punches in there. Why is every turtle technique a leaping, spinning kick? Mm. You know, how about I actually throw a couple punches? I can only do that a couple times. (laughs) Mitsu throws a great Aikido throw at like 32 seconds, and yet you never see the turtles do any wrist throws or arm throws or judo moves, which would be ideal for their build, and they'd be able to pull it off in the suits. I wonder how much rehearsing they they got on this one, because... I feel like I've seen a lot of behind the scenes like stills and video of guys in turtle suits rehearsing fight scenes from the first two. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that from this movie. 
Yeah, they spent a lot of time documenting the the second movie in particular. You see a lot of the animatronic tests and stuff. I think mm. they actually planned on making great a, making fight up. choreography in the second film. Well, yeah. yeah, and and they rehearsed like they did stages of rehearsals. So they would yeah. do rehearsals of just the choreography, rehearsals with like some of the suit, and then more of the suit, and then with the heads. And there was like a whole methodology to it. And yeah, for all we know, for this movie, they've they've did this in one go on, in yeah. one day. I feel like the script said asterisk fighting asterisk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of yeah. this one uh, dance performance I was part of. Like it was the finale for like the whole show. And we had maybe like three days to learn this routine. And of course it was a disaster. Because <laughs> like you got like 29 year olds trying to learn this complicated routine. And the teachers were getting so frustrated. I'm like, give us more time. <laughs> <laughs> We're, um, we're only a bunch of nine-year-olds. Come on. <laughs> I was I was going to jump in a minute ago and say this is a long stretch of stunt head work mm. that we are yeah. seeing right now. That yeah. whole fight scene, I think, was almost <sighs> all... In, the, the fight scene in the palace is almost all stunt heads. And then the turtles in minute 75 exit the, the, the throne room there, whatever you want to call it. And now we're in the sort of the courtyard. And it's still like they're talking and running. And it's still all stunt heads. It's a long, you know, shot for a while, broken up here and there, but all of it is stunt head, and it becomes painfully obvious in a couple places where you see the eye holes are much bigger in the stunt heads. The eye holes that sit under have the turtle be. masks absolutely have to be, and they're particularly egregious on Donatello, who several times throughout the next couple scenes looks like he has four eyeballs, <laughs> <laughs> or he's wearing so, like really really dark eyeshadow under his eyes. He's gone. Golf. He got panda eyes. Yeah. 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 So. I mean, I I feel kind of bad dumping on so much of this movie, but also <sighs> like I kind of don't because it's you know I, as a fan. Gotta be honest, Turtles, man. After Turtles it has 2, to be we said. Kinda, we deserved better. I feel like. Yeah. And it was. I just feel like. I feel like the the people in charge with actually putting images on film in this one, they they weren't either they weren't able to do what they wanted or they didn't care about the audience. Or they knew that the audience at this point were primarily kids who were going to talk their parents into paying for these tickets. Yeah, Yeah. that's the other thing where where it's it it starts to feel like pandering because in the first movie they they thought their audience were these college kids who were reading these comic books for the first time. Like the comics were popular among right, you know, these this these older kids. And the second one, they were like, okay, this is definitely for the family. And then this one's. This one, they were like, eh, it's 10-year-olds. Who gives a shit? <laughs> right. And yeah, they're right. going to be hopped up on uh, cherry Coke and pizza. They don't care. Yeah, that's my thought. <laughs> um, so we get some more outside Jeez. fighting. We get... Uh, we got to release everybody freeze. from the prison. <laughs> yeah, the prisoners come out. There's a, there's kind of a funny They come out carrying torches. Yeah, they all have what torches. The, what the hell? Wait, now, it's you like guys should shoot... out of the dungeon. You guys should shoot a short that shows what those prisoners were up to right the moment before the door got opened. Because there's a story. Those guys had four lit torches. It only works if they all have like British Monty Python accents and it's all just like, well, I've got this torch here. I don't know what we should bloody do with it. I've got two sticks. We killed the We can rub them together. (laughs) Run away. It's your turn to hold the torch. This door will open. But like, they, just, they just finished like knocking out the guards. Yeah. And like we're about to mutiny, and then they just open the doors and they're like, all right, well, uh, knocking charge. out the guards. <laughs> My God. 
Um, there's Ugh. a there's a bit where two of the guards come in and they like they see something off screen and they immediately turn around and then are chased out by prisoners. Which like that's a fun little like Indiana Jones Han yeah. Solo kind yeah. of moment. Yeah, it is it's a trope. Moment. It, it is, it a, is yeah, a trope. It's a thing that happens, and and you know, for the visual, uh, you know, the, for the language of film, it makes sense. But I'm like, you guys, you just left like the gate that would allow you to limit the numbers right. that you actually maybe have try to, to close fight. it. You gotta, yeah. you gotta, you could try to close the gate, or you know, barring that, if you fight in the doorway, you only have to fight two to four people at a time instead of all of them that you just let into the courtyard. Leroy Jenkins. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm but also it's more like a reverse curious. Leroy Jenkins. They just ran away. <laughs> it is a reverse Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> What's that called? A Jenkins Leroy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so dirty. Um, I'm always curious how Donatello gets his bow staff back in its quiver so easily because it looks like a very complicated contraption, yeah. but it's back on his back now. Yeah, putting anything on your fighting. back is hard. <laughs> Maybe there's yeah. magnets involved. Maybe. I don't know. There has to be. <laughs> or, like those little uh, like grippy hands. How do those work? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the emperor tries to run out the door, and we just see the beginning of some angry townspeople looking for Frankenstein that are going to keep him in the uh, in the courtyard there. And then that brings us to the end of minute seventy five. So they're going to start. Have... They're going to start chanting "Kill the beast" any minute now. <laughs> yes. Before we um, leave this minute, I have to air a grievance, please. and that is that I am a huge fan of pole arms in general. Anyone who knows anything about old weapons, the pole arms are the utmost leveled weapon. They are the most powerful weapon on the battlefield. It's not a ranged weapon. And yet in pop culture, we've made pole arms completely impotent. And I have to say that this Turtles movie is now an egregious committer of this sin. We see four <laughs> pole arms in the entire battlefield. The first two guys just stand there and get knocked out immediately. Yeah. The second two guys charge like they're jousting. They just hold the pikes down and run forward and wait to get them kicked out of their hands. Yeah. But then again, in a battle where no one can die, I feel like you have to take the pole arms out right at the beginning. Is the pole arm the spear looking thing? Yeah. Spear. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. A, a, a pole arm is uh, like a spear is just a stick with a with a like a knife on the end, and a pole arm is a stick with like a a sword or an axe on the end. It's just a different ratio. Um, and, right. uh, you know, like historically, <laughs> the spear is considered to be the king of the battlefield. Um, and uh, you might have seen these, Eric, but there's some fun videos, like a lot of different like martial arts camps have basically run tests on this where they've taken, you know, guys who, you know, fit people. Uh, you know, otherwise physically fit people who might know how to box or kickbox or, you know, they're, they're not afraid of violence. They're not afraid of hurting people or getting hurt themselves. And, you know, they basically gave them a crash course. It's like, all right, we're going to teach, we're going to teach this group to use spears for one day. We're going to teach this group to use swords and shields for one day. We're going to use, teach this group to use like war hammers and small, you know, uh, for a day and see what happens. And like in every test for all these different groups where it's it's been sort of repeated across different groups, whoever gets to use spears and like has limited experience, they do better. They just It's in do our better. DNA. It's I'm just, convinced it's in our DNA. It's, Oddly it's, enough, the group with the, the submachine guns wins. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. I'm glad we invented guns in it's that like, regard. It's like, why do we keep putting this in this experiment? It seems unfair. <laughs> This is a weird control group. Time um, to find more fit people. Yes. <laughs> it's getting harder and harder to do. Listen, uh, does anyone have any other fit. final any other final notes on these three minutes? No. I'm good. No, All I don't right. really uh, feel any way one way or the other about pole arms. I'm good here. Mm. <laughs> They're awesome. Eric, Eric, where are we uh what's what's going on in your life? What are you plugging? 
Uh, well, gosh, uh, it's interesting. Right now, my entire life's about to change. Uh, moving out of Tulsa, I'm going to become a farmer. None oh. of that is a lie. Yeah, we're moving out to my nice. family's land in eastern Oklahoma. I've got 150 acres that we're going to try organic farming. Cool. Wow. Um, so I guess Look if anybody that. wants to keep up with that journey in the next few months, uh, hit up my YouTube channel, uh, YouTube slash Eric Dean. I've right, been man. I've been following you on the socials for a while. I'd be interested to know what kind of things you'll be growing on this farm. <laughs> oh, we'll find out. And I'm excited. Yeah, me Organic too. farming. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right. Is it something I can purchase in New York now? Uh, not mine, but uh, come down to Oklahoma. We'll work it out. All right, cool. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, that's it for our, these three minutes. We will see you again on Wednesday for minutes 76, 77, I mean, I 78. We'll hear each other while we talk to them, at them, Weird. about them. I don't know. Or did we already do it and this is already in the past? I don't we know. We don't know. We don't know. It's wild. Time is a flat circle. Um, make sure you go to duelinggenre.com slash support. Become a Patreon subscriber so that you can get all kinds of fun, extra cool stuff from Dueling Genre, bonus podcasts, all kinds of crazy cool content for a moderate monthly fee. Um, and it keeps the lights on at Dueling Genre, which is exploding with content these days. So do that. Make sure you go to tmntminute.com at TMNT Minute on Twitter and Instagram and uh, join our Facebook page, which I haven't mentioned a lot, but that's where all the best fans for this are. They're on our Facebook page. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute listener group. And if you're cool enough to get into the Facebook page, we'll let you in the Discord chat. Mm. So, that's right. All right, for the crew here at TMNT Minute, for Eric, for Chris, for Adam, for Rachel, for Scott, I'm Scott, (laughs) and this is Scott saying goodbye, everybody. Bye, Scott. Bye. So long. Cowabunga!